Welcome to Long Story Short, a podcast where we review two-sided topics on the minds of college students and condense them into informative, civil, 30-minute conversations in order to create wider campus discussions. On this week's episode of Long Story Short, Pride. June is Pride Month, a month of celebrating queer folks and their courage and uniqueness. This episode will focus on telling the stories of queer people on campus, as well as speaking on the politics of being queer in a red state. McKenna Dungan is a first year at the University of Utah. She uses she, her pronouns and is majoring in history and gender studies with a minor in religious studies. So McKenna, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. How are you? So tired. There's a lot of traffic. There's a marathon happening today. <laughs> so what has been your experience as a queer individual here on campus? Um, it's been really good. It's I've had a lot of queer professors, um, which has been really just inspiring and cool. Um, and I don't know, it might be different in other majors, but as like a humanities major and as a gender studies major, I'm around people who are really, really accepting and it's just been a really awesome environment for me. That's fantastic. Um, what makes you proud to be a queer individual? I don't know. I think that being a queer individual, it really, it's all about living your truth and being who you are and just like having that pride within yourself and I don't know. I think I take a lot of joy from that. That's fantastic. How do you feel you fit into the stereotype of being queer, as well as how do you feel alienated by the stereotypes? I feel like a lot of stereotypes I fit into. I'm a lesbian <laughs> and I haven't shaved in like two years. And <laughs> I've, like, interacted with a man, like, three times in the last year. Um, and so stuff like that, it's definitely, I'm like, yes, that is me. Um, and then other stuff, I don't know. I feel like certain things, like, like I have trouble connecting with, it's like, oh, yes, all queer people love this. And it's like, I cannot stand that. <laughs> or um, just, I don't know, or stuff with, I haven't really dated much, so that's always awkward um, when I feel like almost like awkward that I haven't dated much and it's like, oh, I need to like prove I'm queer. But anyways, yeah. No, that makes 100% sense. So having that experience where you haven't dated very much, do you ever get questions where you feel invalidated about your um, sexuality? Yeah, and I think it can be harder for, like, you know, the older generation to really, like, take it seriously because it's like, oh, like, how do you know? And I also think it also makes it harder to, like, casually come out because you can't just be like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend. Oh, yeah, my <laughs> ex-girlfriend. It's just like, I don't know, it just makes it more serious coming out, I guess. That makes sense. Living in Utah, how difficult do you think your experience 
is from other queer individuals in different states. So I'm actually not originally from Utah. I'm from just outside of Portland, Oregon. Um, and so it's been an interesting transition to Utah because where I lived in Oregon, it it was liberal, but it was also conservative. It was a very like <laughs> suburban town. Gotcha. Um, but here, I don't know. It's just I the political climate is a lot different and it I don't know it makes me feel more like a minority and more hesitant to come out to people that makes sense um have you ever had any experiences that have been <laughs> not the best here on campus um not on campus no in the state <laughs> I don't no, not really. Not anything that's like coming to mind. I'm sure there's been some like microaggressions, but not really. I pass for straight and I, I tend to be very careful about who I come out to. And so for the most part, I'm never really put into positions where I'm out to people who would say things to me that would make me mm. feel bad or do things. So. Do you think the U is welcoming to the LGBTQ community and what could they do to better your experience? Yeah, um, I think they're really welcoming. I'm actually, I, I'm a transfer student and before I was going to BYU-Idaho and so like that's the only thing I have like to compare it to and this is just such a different environment. We just had Pride Week, which I just found was so cool. The, the queer prom and all the different activities and like turning the U rainbow. Like, I don't know, I... I just loved it. And I think there's always room for improvement. I think I haven't had much involvement with the resource center on campus. And I feel like they could do a better job like advertising it and I don't know, doing like more things to make it seem more accessible because it can be really scary to just like walk into that room. Absolutely. I, I like went there once and <laughs> I like stood outside the door and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Did I just like walk in and, and say I'm gay? And so I ended up <laughs> not going in. And so I think there's just stuff like that where just making things a little easier. That makes sense. So as well as the LGBTQ Resource Center, um, are there any other resources at the U that have impacted your experience here? Um, I would say professors have. Um, professors have been a really great resource for me. Um, I've had multiple um lesbian professors who I look up to a lot um yeah anyone you want to shout out Ooh. um I would say uh Professor Christensen um Kim HP and Professor Clement that's fantastic well you heard it here from McKenna take those professors they're very queer positive. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us today. Are there any resources off campus that you like or want to share? Yeah, I would highly encourage people to check out Encircle. They have several different locations throughout Utah, and I think there's some going into other states. They're basically like these houses where but like queer people hang out. There's different programs. There's different friendship circles. There's food in the kitchen. And it's just a really great environment and a great way to like um, find yourself in the community. You sold me at food in the kitchen. So, <laughs> <laughs> Our second speaker is Susie Goodman. 
She uses she, her pronouns and graduated from the University of Utah in 2017 in entertainment arts and engineering. How are you doing today, Susie? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. Tired, stupid marathon. Oh, yeah. The marathon really uh, gave me 20 more minutes of gas usage than I meant to today, but... Which is so unfortunate because yeah. gas is ridiculous. My $5 a gallon gas used to avoid the marathon. <laughs> they closed 7th East, so I had to go. I like the sound effects. That's going to be really good. That's really good audio for a podcast. <laughs> so perfect. What has your experience as a queer individual been? Um. Well, you, you Just know, wrap it up, you know. Wrap it up. It. The whole thing. Um. Well... I kind of figured that I was, uh, I identify as bisexual. Uh, it probably would be more accurate to say pansexual, but I'm like old. So I, I've been identifying as a bisexual for years, but um, like since I was 16. Um, and I grew up in Orem, Utah. Mm. So it was kind of hard and took a little bit of a long time to be able to be like, I'm bi in like anywhere in like public spaces. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, it was a big hint that I kept having, like, hyper intense uh, friendships with girls. <laughs> Just, like, very intense friendships with other girls. And then I'd be like, no, I'm not crying because they got a girlfriend. I'm crying because what if the girlfriend's not nice? <laughs> um, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, I think... Most or all queer people can relate to the process of just always becoming out all the time. So I first came out to like my mom in a, like a Rubio's, which was um, it was like it's like Cafe Rio for like beach food, Ooh. beach tacos. And uh, she went Shh, when I was talking about it and then was really quiet the whole rest of lunch. Oh. And then on our way home, she went, I think most women's sexuality is fluid. I was like, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, I think, I don't know, mom. Okay. <laughs> All right, mom. Um, and then my brother and his husband later, I was like, I lived with them all through college in their condo. So we were like riding home in their car and listening to Halsey. And my brother went, oh, she's bi. And I went, me too. And that's how I did that one. <laughs> so, you know, um, I think, you know, and I think. I, over the course of my life, I've kind of benefited from what I think of as straight passing privilege, where I think a lot of people who are queer in the community uh, have a lot of experiences that are informed and traumatic be, by being visibly queer, uh, which is like not something that has happened to me. I'm engaged to a man. It's a, for all intents and purposes, a heterosexual relationship. I'm cisgender. Um so I think, like, I'm really proud of being bisexual. I'm proud to be in the community. But my main aim as a member of that community is to kind of uplift the voices of others. Because I don't think, I mean, I think my experience as a bisexual woman is valid. And bisexual people are valid. And all people are valid. But I think that I really strive to acknowledge that, like, no one's ever going to say the F slur at me from a car yeah. driving by or kick me out for, of a establishment um, for be holding hands with my my man fiance. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I definitely want to acknowledge that about my experiences, like definitely benefited from the 
societal from from adhering to a societal norm outwardly like i mean i used to shave my head so i guess Ooh. for a while that was pretty gay looking but uh <laughs> you know i i think that's important for me to acknowledge that in my experience i haven't been discriminated against in that way um mm -hmm. and so i really i really care about like helping other people in the community be able to like live and be free and and i you know mostly i donate money and share posts which is not like the world's most exciting advocacy but um yeah i think it's important to me to be like yeah, this is my identity and I'm proud of it, but I also think that I am benefiting a lot from having a relationship with a man and being able to have a relationship with a man and have that be, like, you know, my choice. Um, you know, the feminist stand, the feminist uh, urge to adhere to... <laughs> heteronormative society wow <laughs> no you know um yeah it's weird it's weird it's weird because i grew up mormon so that i'm sure has informed my journey and i remember very very consciously when i was young being like well i'm bi so i can just decide to never date women ever Ooh. um which i think is of course a lot of internalized homophobia from growing up uh you know, in the church. And my, my brother is, as I mentioned, he's married to a man, he's gay. Um, and his experience growing up was, I mean, fraught with strife. And I remember him taking extremely great pains in high school to have a normal high school experience at Orem High, oh. uh, where no one could, no one would get catch on to the fact that he was gay. So... Um, he would take girls on dates and then their dads would be like, you were so polite. We just loved you. <laughs> you didn't try and put the moves on our daughter. And it was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, never. Um, and he used to get just these terrible, I mean, he still gets migraines, but he would have frequently just these bedridden migraines. Uh, and when he came out in college, they kind of, those ones kind of stopped. So the stress of like being I don't know, carrying a secret that you're trying really hard to tamp down um, took its toll on him. And so by comparison, I've been like, I don't know. I, I'm fine. Um, yeah, it, sometimes it feels like I'm co-opting his story in a way, um, which is not my intention. And I, I mean, it's probably not even true, but I definitely no. have been more private in my life about, I don't know being bi but I you know I do the bisexual sitting and everything um yeah <laughs> I can see yeah just sitting right now um yeah and you know it's 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 fortunate to be I don't know white and and straight passing in a lot of ways but you know, this is grim. This has come this has come together to be more grim than I meant it to. I don't mean it in a way that's like, 
yeah, bisexual people should all acknowledge that you can be straight passing. I don't think that, and I don't think everyone should do that. I think that's fucked up. Um, I just think, and I've been thinking about this a lot, that I benefit a lot societally from being able to, to just look kind of like a old straighto, old het <laughs> old on the town. That's what I'm going to tell people my sexuality is. I'm an old straighto. Just an old straighto. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, and I, I think a lot of my experience has been because of this fear of something, just like an intangible fear of just admitting that I like women or, you know, or not men uh, and pursuing that had has held me back in a lot of potential relationships. And I think like, I mean, I do wonder sometimes if I didn't know my fiance, Cody, and if we hadn't met um what I would have explored and pursued, uh, but consequently that, like, you know, that re- that post-religious trauma, that yeah. uh, that fear has has held me back. And I'm, like, almost 30, so I also wonder if I, if I was younger, if I would have had a different experience. Because I think I grew up, like, right on the cusp of, like, everyone was really cool with you being really gay, like, on Tumblr, the internet, but, mm-hmm. like, in Orem, Utah... I was like, I already don't go to seminary. Like, I don't know how more alienated I could get. Um, And then, like, you know, I never did anything about it. And now I'm engaged. uh, And that's that. And that's something uh, I would be lying if I didn't say I didn't talk about it in therapy. Like, what if I missed out and then I wake up someday and I'm really sad that I missed out on spreading my gay wings or something <laughs> um but the longer i'm with cody the more i think it's like yeah that's the that's the dude for me Aww. every day i wait i i say some insane shit to him and he's like yep okay yesterday we walked out of the house and i was like did you get your keys do you have your wallet and then i was like did you remember your penis and he's like Yep, I did. It's right so, here. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're a good match. He's a man who can listen to me say some shit. And, you know, sometimes he also says some shit. So I think it's just too unhinged. Love story of the century. Yeah, love story of the century. <laughs> did you remember your penis? Yep, it's right here. <laughs> That's beautiful. I have one more question for you and it's do you think the U is welcoming to the LGBTQ plus community and has that changed since you've gone to school versus now um I know when I went to school there was like an office that they had and that was kind of like it it was like if you are gay or experiencing the feelings of being gay you can come to the uh like a, I don't remember what the office was called, like the LGBTQ. Yeah, the LGBT Resource, Resource Center, Center and that <laughs> yep. that was that. And I know that like you can't, you've never been able to discriminate against students on the basis of their sexuality. But I wouldn't say necessarily that like I felt like, yeah, this campus is really embracing me. Um, but I also lived off campus and I would say my college experience was more like me running into my class at the last second to sit there with like the tiredest face in the world uh more than that um but I do think 
I mean, I, they, I know they make the U the rainbow U. Uh, I just think in general the U could could put more of its resources towards helping its students in that way or helping like I there. <laughs> There's a lot of sexual assaults that happen on this campus yes. uh, that I feel like you, you you could put some resources towards not just saying, okay, call a strange man to walk you to your car, uh, but like have cameras and have better lighting in areas where it's like, it, it does get really dark really fast on certain parts of the campus mm -hmm. and have better lighting because like, I think that that happens to women, but I also think that there's a lot of vulnerability in the community uh, that they could also address. So I do think it's nice that they're like, we love our gay students, and they wrap the U in the rainbow, and they have the resource center. I do appreciate that, and I think that's a good reality, but I also feel like the U overall, my impression of it, is that they're like, all right, now we got to build another stadium for the sports boys and it's like okay <laughs> i guess but like the campus community could have a little bit more safety measures in place a little just a little bit more lighting and i also think since we are in utah it's an uphill battle all the time for i mean for anyone uh growing up here because it's so ingrained in the culture of of this state that it's very mormon it's very conservative it's very heteronormative and so i think like the u is okay about it but it definitely is like very surface level yeah like you could do i think they could do more um and i think everyone can always do more but you know I think we can perhaps make a move to have more gender-neutral bathrooms on campus. Mm. Um, I think that's an important step for the safety of trans students to not have to constantly decide whether or not they want to out themselves every day by walking into the bathroom. It's like a bathroom bingo of like one <laughs> is safe and the other is not and you have to always choose. I think mm. that's a a terrible thing for people to have to decide every day and I think it is within the scope of ed, an organization, an institution with as much money to build a new stadium to be like, we can just have gender neutral bathrooms on campus that students can access without having to constantly be like, well, hope I don't get beat up in here. Yeah. Um, and also like gendered bathrooms are a societal construct anyway. So like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of weird if you think about it that there are gendered bathrooms. Uh, Some sociology there for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, gender's not real in the sense that we think it is. Um, yeah. So I think that they can do more. Um, but I also think, like, they have opportunities to do more. And they're like, well, if you feel unsafe on campus, you can just call a strange guy. A campus police officer, the most trustworthy of all, to walk you to your car. And I just think, like, okay, but you could also, like, get some cameras and put them in the parking lots. You know, always question an institution. 
yes uh, on these these matters yes um yeah i mean it's it's fine i don't think like there's a lot of open hate crime i mean <laughs> takes the back <laughs> i don't think every day there's a hate crime <laughs> but i think that i mean, i i think we as a country we as a society we definitely as a state have a lot of work to do um Good way to wrap it up. <laughs> Good way to end. Thank oh, you thank so you. much, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. I didn't want it to be like a sad time. Uh, and then it was. But I don't mean, I just think the reality of the LGBT community is that there's a lot of like pain among the joy. I don't know. Fuck. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are here with our panel, so whoop, let's whoop. jump right into things. Name, pronouns, what year you are in school and what you're majoring in, and then the gayest class that you have ever taken. <laughs> so here at the U, obviously, I mean, we could go to high school. That would be kind of weird. So I am Riley Atkinson. My pronouns are she, her. I am a Peace and Conflict Studies and Sociology third year, and who the gayest class I've ever taken here at the U. I am in Peace and Conflict Studies, so that is a lot already, but we do dialogue classes, and everyone in that class is fairly liberal. There you go. Right. Uh, oh, sorry, no, Ben, do you no, want to go? Whatever. I'll, I'll, <laughs> you go, Ben. Okay, sounds good. Hi, I'm Ben. I use he, him, his pronouns. I'm a third-year political science and peace and conflict studies major. And the gayest class that I've taken at the, university, at the University of Utah is probably peace and conflict studies, the uh, intro class. Yeah, peace yeah. and conflict studies do be fruity. <laughs> uh, I'm Parker. Uh, he, they pronouns. Uh, I'm a film and media arts major. Uh, I'm a junior. And the fruitiest class I've taken is the screenwriting class I'm in with our second guest, Susie. I wrote a script about a gay band that traveled the country and then they kissed at the end. And all the gay people, which is most of us in the class, clapped. <laughs> and all of the straight people were like, that didn't, that came out of nowhere. And I said, they, I did the trope where they have to share a bed because there's only one bed in the hotel. <laughs> I don't know what you expected. <laughs> I love that trope. Oh, gosh. Um, all right. My name is Maya Harris. I use they, them pronouns. I'm in my third year studying history and political science. Uh, and I would say the gayest class I've taken is a series of four classes called Latin. Um, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Self-explanatory. Nice. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Okay, let's dig in. What are your thoughts? Nice. Uh, I really enjoyed um, what both of our guests had to mm -hmm. say. Um, I specifically enjoyed what Susie said when she said, I don't want to take away from the stories of other people who are not as passing as I am. Um, and I can, I can totally relate to that as a queer person, as a non-binary person. Uh, yes, I am a member of the, the LGBTQIA plus community. However, um, I was assigned female at birth. I present relatively feminine. Um, 
And if I did fall in love with a man, then I could look straight passing, I suppose. Um, but it's, it's a weird journey, right? Because I, none of us in this room are people of color. Mm-mm. So I, I don't think that we can accurately state what it's like to be a queer person of color or otherwise a transgender person of color, just to like put that out there as a disclaimer. Absolutely. Thank you for that disclaimer, because I think it's important in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, also, two of the people in this room are not part of the community. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I mean, I really, like, we were thinking about whether we wanted to do this panel um, because I put it out there that I, I mean, we would just see how many guests we, we got that were interested. Um, and truly... I wasn't expecting a lot because we live in this state where trigger warning, um, suicide rates for queer adolescents are, is so extremely high. Um, we live in a state where there is a law going around that states that the one transgender female person in high school can't play sports. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, you can't talk about gender identity or sexual orientation with a teacher in high school. Like these, these are things that are, that are going around that (laughs) it makes it so hard to be outwardly queer in this state. Um, and so I was like, if we get enough people, then we won't do the panel because I don't want to talk over other people's experiences, but we didn't. And, you know, that's just sometimes how how it goes when you live in a place that's as hard to be outwardly queer as, as it is here. And even then me and you have experiences to say, so I don't yeah. have a problem with the panel. No, I no, I don't, I don't see a problem with it, but yeah. Anyways. I also want to say we're recording this at the end of April. It's coming out in June. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I hope it's better <laughs> two months from now. It's pretty bad right now. Uh, just, Nationwide, I just got a call to slur on Twitter.com this morning because I supported a ratio of J.K. Rowling. You know, you know how it goes. (laughs) I do. I do. Oh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. um, I don't know. And it's it's weird. It's a weird experience, too, at least my experience when I wasn't I wasn't out um, when the pandemic hit. And then all of a sudden I was living in my parents' house and I was, I just felt this incredible weight. Like I, I was practicing Mormon at the time and it, it just was, got so unbearable that one day on my way home from work, I was like crying and I was like, I can't live like this anymore. If I continue to live like this, I, I don't, I don't see a future for myself. Um, and it was that night that I like came out to my parents um, and thankfully it went well. And I can't say that it goes as well for other people. Um, and I'm not out to them about my gender identity. So don't tell them that. But <laughs> <laughs> so dad, if you're listening to this uh, <laughs> anyways, um, but also being a non-binary feminine presenting person is weird. 
Um, over the summer, last summer, I cut all of my hair off <laughs> because I felt like I needed to present androgyny. Um, and my gender dysphoria only got worse. Yes, it did. It, I can. <laughs> it was really bad. I and I was like, I was trying to figure myself out. And I was like, I cut my hair short. Why don't I feel better? Why don't I feel like myself? And so it's like, there's no one. I didn't have anyone to guide me through this. It, and all, all I see, you know, are the influencers on on TikTok and Instagram who generally are white, who generally are skinny, who generally present and androgyny. And so it's really hard to find yourself. It's really hard. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my... My story is not the same. Yeah. Uh, I only came out in last September. Uh, I was talking to Susie about this a week or two ago that she didn't realize that I was, wasn't out when we started the class together, which I think is funny. Uh, that is funny. Because everyone knew. <laughs> uh, Sometimes that's how that goes. It's true. And like the screenwriting class and... <laughs> an X-Men fan community because that's who I am were the two places I like, like tested the waters of coming out with. Like I would, I would say some gay shit in there just to like see how it felt. Cause I was pretty sure I, I spent, I, I was, I was in a relationship with my ex-girlfriend until about this time last year. And I would say things and she'd be like, are you sure you're not bi? And I would say, <laughs> Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> and then she broke up with me and I was and then I was like, oh, she was right the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> the the denial goes hard. Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I remember mean, Yeah, go ahead. It, okay. I remember in high school I was at the at City Creek Mall with my friend and I saw two boys holding hands. And you know, you just this was before I was out even to myself. Um and I just felt this like twinge in my gut and at first I've thought about it a lot that moment um and at, at first I thought it was like hatred and maybe it was like you know that inner homophobia that we all struggle with um, we all grew up in the church all four oh, of us yeah. The, yeah. growing up in the church <laughs> growing so up in this state like it's 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 hard to understand where your feelings are on this. Um, and so I just felt that like twinge in my gut and I was like, oh, I hate this. And I realized later look, looking back on it that it was jealousy that like I wanted to be holding hands with someone, um, anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it, I, it's a weird it's a weird thing to go back and like and look look back on how you reacted to certain things, too. Yeah. I think even like as a straight man, right, even, you know, say when gay marriage became legal in Utah, it'd be on the news of all these, you know, same-sex couples kissing, of course, because they're getting married, mm -hmm. you know, and they love each other. And I, you know, just remember having this, these, you know, feelings of like, oh, that's, you know, disgusting, you know, as yeah. a 13-year-old and severely homophobic kid, you know, whose whole family and church community encouraged me to believe that all gay people were faking it and they just wanted to push some gay agenda, which 
honestly, um, can either of you tell me what the gay agenda is? Uh, we want to marry the person that we love. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, prefer, you know. we prefer not to be like <laughs> killed. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to be hate like, crime. Honestly, is that an agenda? yeah, but like even <laughs> yeah, looking at that, obviously. I can relate to like wanting to you know feel loved by someone, and I think a lot of people. Um, struggle with that when they and they justify that with their internalized homophobia that they yeah. need to work out. Yeah. And and for sure I I mean I even as a queer person I struggled with that. And so mm-hmm. I can I can sympathize with people who have their internal homophobia and are working on it. But for those of you out there who just want to hate queer people for the sake of hating on queer people. Um, Are you listening to this? <laughs> I, Thank I, you for yeah. listening. Yeah, but... One, why are you listening yeah, to this? Well, and two, yeah. I have no respect for you. You should probably you. go uh, yeah. call your bishop right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're uh, listening uh, to this. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, well, and the, the, the you, they, they're outwardly, right? They're, <sighs> they're super outwardly supportive. And I think that's great in, in some aspects. In like, theory. A, lot of, a lot of the <laughs> students are too. Like, like I felt really comfortable testing the waters with my mm-hmm. screenwriting class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I see like the black menaces on TikTok down BYU yeah. asking, should gay people be allowed to be out? with their uh, partners in public on campus and then they give some doting long answer that says no. I don't know. I have to do some more research on it. (laughs) Yeah, the honor code says that I can't. Yeah. So it just like, there's a lot of outward stuff like wrapping the block you in the the progress pride flag. Can we not talk about how that was vandalized? Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It was vandalized. Uh, There is an LGBT resource center that I I only found out that it existed because a friend of mine was a part of it. Um, And then I, I went to like one of their like, I don't know, um, events. events or something that was happening. And I mentioned to one of the people that was there and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm still a practicing member of the church right now, but I'm gay. And they were like, oh, I can't believe like your family sucks. Like and I, that was such a terrible experience that someone would tell me that my family sucks like that, that I just haven't gone back. <laughs> yeah. So I it. Uh, it's like weirdly like you can either be exclusive of queer people or inclusive of queer people and there's no in-between. Well, I mean, is there an in-between of saying that we're cool and we should be here and yeah. we Love shouldn't the sin, be not here? the sinner, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but also there are great resources out there that, that you can definitely get into. <laughs> Um, the LGBT Resource Center has a Discord that I didn't know existed until I was finding people to be guests for this podcast. So if you want to be a part of a queer Discord, totally reach out to the Resource Center. If you want to be part of a queer Discord, join the screenwriting class Discord. (laughs) (laughs) I just had one quick thought because I don't want to take away from... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Actual voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. (laughs) Um... 
I something I've noticed on campus that has been incredibly frustrating for me is the amount of counseling we have here on campus and the number of free counseling sessions that are available to students, especially LGBTQ Mm -hmm. students, because why are we not helping students more in that aspect? Why are we not putting more resources devoted to making sure that kids are safe? And they feel loved because I don't know. I just I have had so many friends who need that support and it's months and months and months out that you can't get a counseling session. I needed that support in November last year and then I did not get my first counseling until second week of January. Yeah. And part or of that you... was part of that was holiday break, but well, still sure. it was it was rough. I mean, or you have to call the counseling center to make an appointment. I, went I know. In person. I know that was my hang up. Yeah. That like I started during the pandemic and I had to call. And that is like one of my anxiety triggers. Like I cannot call people. And so I had to have my mom there, like holding my hand. <laughs> I was like, my IBS was acting up and it was not good and it was not fun. And so if you had like an email, you, the you calling didn't even up. work for me. I had to go in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that's so stressful. Like, maybe people can just feel more comfortable emailing, and yeah. that would just be so much better. <laughs> but, yeah. Just more. Yeah. Taylor it's not the, it's not the Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's not the individual counselor's fault. No, no, no. It's definitely an institutional problem. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that the individual counselors are doing as much as they possibly can for the students that are here. Um, But, (laughs) of course, there are going to be more institutional issues because that's just how institutions work. Mm -hmm. We love bureaucracy. Yeah. And capitalism. And capitalism. I feel like we always talk about capitalism (laughs) during this podcast. You know, it's it's, it's all. We live in a society. Yeah. (laughs) Well, J.K. Rowling's going to cause my Joker moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a way to wrap up. <laughs> Bino's getting his villain arc via J.K. Rowling. <laughs> the end. Wow. Have a good month and uh, yeah. happy Pride. Yeah, I love Pride Month. It's great. Woo-woo. We made this sound all grim, but like... I love being gay. Go to a protest. <laughs> it's a great time. Yeah, I mean, go to a protest. Go to like, uh, go, go to, go have a party with your gay friends. Kiss as many know. people as you can. Yeah, just kiss, don't get kiss someone. Be safe, of course. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> COVID is still a thing, so yeah. Oh. As as in much June, it won't be. It's <laughs> hope. That's, that. that's, that's just, hope. We'll, we'll just we can hope. Okay. Sending we need positive to stop energy. As, uh, <laughs> as much as much as I say that I um. You know that being queer is hard. I also love being queer. Yeah, I'm like the feeling of pride of is real. Yeah, like I didn't understand. I thought it was just like a word that no, the gays the like gay. adopted. <laughs> but like after coming out, it's like oh wait, I actually like myself it's, for once. It's an incredibly freeing fearing, feeling. Um, and I uh, I think we'll uh, leave this at that. Yeah. Have a good month. See y'all next time.
That's been a long story made short. Thank you for listening. Long Story Short is an affiliate of Our Stories, UCAS, and University of Utah Student Media. Please make sure to visit our social media accounts at our.stories with a one on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and soon to be TikTok.